Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. So everybody online, welcome. Everybody who's tuning in from Zambia, from Germany, from Melbourne, and everybody else around the world. We're so glad to have you with us tuning in and everybody at church this morning. And uh, this is some of our pastors up here. Good looking bunch, don't you think? That wasn't that enthusiastic. Hang on. This is some of our pastors. Good looking bunch, don't you think? (laughs) So uh, they're actually just giving you a lead into what our theme for the year is going to be. If you're new to church, welcome everybody. If you're new to Global Heart Church for 2021, so glad to have you here. And uh, we've got a great year coming, and what we do at the beginning of the year is usually on Vision Sunday is give what we're feeling is the theme for the year, and it helps us to be focused and helps us to uh, be heading in the direction that we believe the Lord's taking us. So the last two years, we had two years ago the year to flourish, and we had a lot of flourishing from that. And uh, I was hearing the guys in Zambia talking to as well, that a lot of them started side businesses and all kinds of things and began to flourish. And then uh, uh, the year just gone was the year to invest. Investing in relationships, investing in God's house, investing in your family, investing, investing your finances wisely. That was another one. Uh, and we talked about that. Well, this year we have got a new theme and these guys are all kind of hinting at it. So I'm gonna, I'll tell you straight off what it's going to be. This year our theme is going to be the year of the table. So it's the year of the table. And some of you might say, what is that? about the year of the table. Well, I think it's very important because in Bible times, a lot happened around the table. And when Jesus wanted to communicate a story, he often would call the disciples to a meal. And uh, in this season that we have been in uh, here in Australia and around the world, Perth, we've had a degree of it. Gee, aren't we grateful we have not been living other places because so many places still having serious lockdown. But we've had a degree of this Uh, you know, the whole COVID season, challenges with that. And I think from it, as the church gets bigger right now, I believe the Holy Spirit's drawing everybody come back to getting smaller as well. It's those points of connection where in the church family, we connect, get together around the table, build community, build connection, and also to to stay safe from the enemy. The enemy loves to pick people off in uh, crises and situations like this. He loves to get people separated and uh, over to the side where he can uh, take them out. And I think this is a great way for the Lord to be leading us back in to connection with one another, getting around the table, um, and also including and welcoming new people, So, which is, our, which is our real heart as well. So anyone up here want to tell me, what does this year mean to you? Anybody think they'd like to share something quickly? Who would like to say something? Come on. Very wise people up here, very wise people. Let's hear what they've got to say. I love this theme because I think the table in family, like it represents family and it's, you know, when you've been in a busy day, the kids have been at school, we've, you know, Ross has been at work or whatever, usually the table is the first time you sit down and you actually get to sit and see each other and you stop and you connect and you, um, you know, you get to actually go, how are you really? Like, how are you really? How was your day really? So it's that you know, it's that opportunity to really not just do surface conversation, but to go deeper and go, how are you really? But also you come as you are, you know, you just come, you don't have to come polished. It's just family. And I love that. I'm excited about that for our church. So good. 
Fantastic. I love uh, that there's food on the table most of the time as well, which is a yeah, great benefit. No, but uh, I love the way, like like Amber was saying, but the the, the there's many ways you can gather, but the table really denotes a specific way. And when I think of the table again, I think of family. I think of you laughing together, having fun together, having a meal together, all these type of things that really uh, bring joy to you and, and restore you from the inner person. And I think. We uh, can think of gathering even online now, on our phones, on like texting, all these type of things. But around the table, yeah. you're all face to face yeah. and you're able to kind of look at each other, see each other, yeah. as long as we don't have masks on, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, which is good, which is good. Yeah, so that's for me. Great. One more. One more. When I grew up, this would represent dinner and that was about it. And I think what I love now is that in our family and in our church, this is a deliberate time. It's something we're choosing to do as a family. And everyone comes and everyone brings something to the table. In our house, one of the kids might bring the cutlery. You know, someone else might be preparing the food. Someone will bring the conversation. Right. And in God's house, we've all got something to bring to this table. So you know, you are so good. an important piece of God's house. Mm. We all are an important piece of God's house. And we all have something to contribute and bring to the table. So good. What a wise bunch. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And... Um, have we got, Jordan's got an interesting year. His is the year of the, this is me and Bianca felt stirring in our spirit year of the change table because we, we have a baby due in a few months and I know that going forward at all of the tables we're at, so, we'll have a high chair. That's for Jordan and Bianca, year of the change table. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. Nicely brought. Can you give all these guys a hand? There's some of our, some of our pastors. Thank you. Great. Some of the team. Awesomely good. All right. So I'm hoping I'm in camera shot for you guys. So if not, you're going to need to move this pulpit. All right. Thank you, everybody. I don't know if it needs to be moved. Someone's going to need to move it if it needs to be moved. But anyway, really good. So as I said, this is going to be the year of the table, everybody. And, uh, and for our guys in lockdown, uh, Germany's in lockdown right now, a church there. Um, be praying for them in Germany, super challenging time for them. They, everything was going so great, but right now when you're not having church, finances are down, people are not in services, uh, they're doing online as best they can, and uh, yeah, very challenging. Also, families have returned to their countries around the world, so pray for Matthias and Nicole, because when you're at the front line trying to deal with that, it's very, very challenging. They're also having their baby, second baby, in seven weeks. So we need to be just praying for them. And, uh, and that's also, too, why they need our, you know, support absolutely uh, in all areas. Because, you know, when you're taking on Europe and you're planning a church, it's a very, very big deal. Zambia as well right now, they're online again today and hoping in probably in a month's time to be able to have church. But it does get taxing and gets wearing on the staff and the team because you have to do everything online with video. Everything's changing and you're trying to keep everybody moving ahead. So, uh, so I've actually told those guys too, until they're out of lockdown, for them it's the year of the table with a T on the end, the year of the tablet. <laughs> so I said, your phone and your iPad and your Mac, it's the year of the tablet for you. Gather around on a Zoom call with your favorite cup of tea and get together and do family until you're all back together again in the, you know, in reality. Uh, so, um, yeah, so this year we will once again be supporting our campuses around the world big time. And uh, I love what's happening in all of them. Um, just before we had the pandemic 
start. Uh, both Germany and Zambia, where we were, was just phenomenal seeing what was happening and us taking offices in the heart of the city in Germany, in Hamburg, incredible. Uh, but as I said, right now, big challenges. Melbourne, Fatima has just arrived with Eli as Melbourne goes back into lockdown. And, uh, and so we need to pray for Eli and Fatima and the team who are arriving there right now because a lot of them are moving. They're trying to get accommodation and everything. And then you arrive and Melbourne's going into lockdown. Uh, so, so I really want to encourage everybody with your missions faith promise too. We really, this year at the year of the table, is that we don't forget that there's family in other places who are taking the gospel for you. So I, I've always been stirred from the book of Romans where Paul says, I have a debt. He's a Jewish scholar. He's a Jew, and he says, I've got a debt to the Romans, to the Greeks. Like, what are you talking about? You haven't got a debt to Romans and Greeks. And he says, yes, I do, spiritually, because I've received Christ. I've received salvation. I have a debt. I have to give it to them. So everybody at Global Heart Church, you have a debt. You have received the gospel freely. Come on, it costs Jesus everything for you to be saved. And so now we have a responsibility to give the gospel uh, to Germany, to Zambia, where the Lord's called us, serving the children of Rwanda, which we're doing uh, at the minute magnificently. But remember, third world countries right now have been plunged back into deep poverty in many places. They said it's going to go back three decades currently in the third world. So everybody who's sponsoring a child, remember, it doesn't matter what you miss out on here. They may be missing out on everything. You may miss out on, well, I didn't get to go out this week. They may miss out on schooling and everything else that goes with it. So, so we have to say, Lord, help us to take seriously. And I want to encourage everybody with your missions uh, giving and, uh, you know, your missions faith promise. Can I encourage you, please, this year, as we remember Melbourne, Zambia, Germany, that we are reaching out now, doing what Jesus has called us to do, that we're bringing them to the table by supporting them. And so I think the Lord really wants to remind all of us that mission should not be priority six. It should be priority one, you know, building God's house and then straight to doing what Jesus gave us, his, his commission. The final thing Jesus told us to do, us, you, the final thing Jesus told you to do, you, is go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, you may say, well, I, I don't want to go overseas. That's okay. Maybe God's not calling you, but he is calling you to go overseas with your financial support and to give the gospel, and we are responsible for doing that. So I really want to encourage you already, move your missions faith promise into one. Forget about the bathroom for a while. It can wait. Souls are more important in eternity. The bathroom will be of nil priority. And, uh, but what we need to do is go, every life that we impact and take to heaven, oh my gosh, eternal value, without price, priceless. So, so right now, Melbourne, which is going to also cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars, because you have to set up, you have to lease buildings, you have to support the staff, you have to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, buy everything to, because people forget that the gospel doesn't happen because angels come down with angel dust and just go, oh my gosh, I'm going to sprinkle them over Global Heart Church. It doesn't happen that way. It happens because people, if we be honest, obey the word of God. That people go, I'm going to obey the word of God and not play with the word of God. And through that, the house of God gets built, People get commissioned. I'm watching Liam and Lisa now because really they're bound here in Perth, they're, who are our campus pastors in Zambia. They're, they're from Perth. But the call of God on them to be in Zambia is just, it's so strong that they're really struggling to be here. And really that's God's calling on them to represent you 
in the nation of Zambia, which is impacting also Rwanda and other nations in Africa. So we need to go, Lord, help me to put my mission's faith promise in line with your priority, back to number one, so that a whole lot of people can join the family and come to the table in Germany, in Zambia, and in Melbourne, in Jesus' name. And by the way, with Melbourne, everybody, just so you know, I really believe and we believe that God has called our church to be on the West Coast and the East Coast. I love how he sent us here first. I'm originally from Sydney, but God goes, go to Perth. Now we're going to Melbourne. But I, we really believe that Melbourne, this city, which I think is on the way to 6 million people, that uh, Melbourne is going to be a great resource to what we're called to do. And uh, Global Heart Church is called to place families around the world. Our churches are called to be families, great alive communities, wherever we go, that are going to help uh, see people saved and restored. And so, um, so right now um, in Melbourne, uh, I just want to encourage you, that's what's happening and that's why we're going there as we see people from all over the world who are moving there being saved, but that also Melbourne's going to become a great resource to what God is calling us to do in the future days ahead. We've got more cities, more places we're going to be going to, uh, and you'll hear about them as the years go by uh, and as the Lord leads us, but we've got to understand the power of backing what He's telling us to do now. And you need to know that we talk about things, we pray about things for a long time, especially church plants that's usually six, seven years in the making. I spoke to Eli seven years ago about um, uh, Melbourne and talk, we planted a seed and talked then. So it's not like seven weeks, it's seven years. So we don't do things easily. It's prayerful, it's thought through. And uh, as we are on the page together, we're going to continue to see uh, these churches and campuses grow. The people in them are amazing. Germany, fantastic. Zambia, oh my gosh, our team, they're so brilliant. And the team we just sent to Melbourne, some of our best people have gone to Melbourne and are going to Melbourne. And, uh, and we just believe and know, you give your best, God sends his best. So uh, that's what's going to happen. Also, Tenacious House, everybody, our, which is our key mission here as a church, um, we've got so many things in the community we're involved with and we're helping people and ministering to people. But our key one is Tenacious House to see men overcome life-controlling issues and addictions. And, uh, and so that is our key home mission here. And we know that if we can get the men helped and given opportunity, helped, given tools, given opportunity, given community, the opportunity of community, then uh, we know we're going to impact their wives, their girlfriends, their children, and their children's children. So that is not just about the guys, to be honest. It is, and we love them. We're so excited for the privilege we have to serve them, but it's about the impact of them impacting their relationships, their families, their community in Jesus' name. Amen? So through your mission's faith promise, we're able to do that. If you're new to church and saying, hey, I haven't been a part of that. I need to get a part of that. Can I encourage you? It's not too late. You can, uh, you can actually go to our information desk and say, hey, listen, I need to get a mission's faith promise form and we can get you involved with that. There's something supernatural happens when you put your hand up for what God has asked a church to do. When you link with that and say, right, I'm making what Jesus said mine and I'm going to fulfill my part there. Uh, it'll quickly align you with his purpose and plan for your life, but also bring you into the life of what we're doing here as a church. You won't feel on the outer very long. You'll be right right in the middle there. So that would be fantastic. Um, as a church, everybody, too, I'm talking, it's the year of the table. I'm just going to talk, go into that a bit more in a minute. But also, we really feel a focus this year with the year of the table is helping mobilize people to reach unsaved friends and family. 
We are called to mobilize new Christians, and we're called to mobilize you. You know, Pastor Spencer, um, a number of years ago, uh, you know, sometimes our pastors are doing teaching and training in our state or interstate, and Pastor Spencer was doing a, a training weekend with a church, and he was training them and talking about helping reach the lost and reaching uh, new people and also reaching new Christians and then establishing new Christians in the church. In the break time, the church asked Pastor Spencer, uh, could he politely change his message because uh, they weren't looking for new Christians. They don't normally get them. They were looking to get Christians from other churches. And Pastor Spencer was like, okay, alrighty. <laughs> they were believing for other Christians to come in. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with Christians coming from another place, I believe, when God calls you, when God sends you. Remember the Bible teaches us God sets the members in the body. If, you are, uh, if you're a mature Christian, then you understand you are sent from another place, and you go from one ministry to another ministry. God can call uh, you to a city. Graham and Penelope Barlow, who's our business manager, came from Sydney also, north of Sydney. And the moment they arrived here, he, his Rio Tinto relocated him. Uh, Graham and Penelope in my office the following week saying, the Lord has relocated us here. We're accountable to the church. And then he says to me, what am I here for? And I was like, you're working with Rio Tinto, right? And uh, I didn't realize. He's like, no, there's something else spiritually here. Well, he ended up becoming our business manager and helping us do all that we've done with this building and the building next door. That was a mature Christian response. Our company has relocated us, but this is about the kingdom of God. Why are we here? And then he ended up leaving that after a couple of years and becoming the business manager here. Mature. It's not, hey, a bit bored with this place. <laughs> Imagine saying to your kids, you know, a bit bored with you, got to find a new family. <laughs> bit, bit bored with your husband. <laughs> some of the wives said, don't go there. No. <laughs> a bit bored with you. Listen, some of us are like that with the kingdom, and we're not meant to be like that. We're meant to go, Lord, you put me in a family. I'm planted there. Help me to serve that family. And uh, it's amazing how when you serve and so how you begin to reap, right? Uh, so, but we call to help new Christians be established, be saved, and then mobilize them in Jesus' name. So everybody, I want to encourage you. Be an encourager of new Christians. Uh, bring them to the table of the Lord, which is, you know, bring them to the table of the house of God. And, uh, but this year, in 2021, we want to help mobilize them because they've got so many connections out into the community. We're believing for a great harvest of souls. You know, no other creature consumes food at a table. It's only humans who eat at a table uniquely. And here's the thing. We don't eat only for sustenance. Some of you do. We don't eat only for fuel. You're not meant to. The table is meant to be a place of connection and a place of introduction and welcome in the kingdom of God. But in families, it's meant to be a place of connection. Many of us did not eat at tables. Our families were not healthy. You don't need to raise your hand. I know you're all there. That was my life. We, if we ate around a table, it was like some miracle was happening <laughs> to eat around the dinner table. And uh, it certainly wasn't a place of connection. So all of this was new to me that you came to a dinner and sat in any way with a family or in the church and had that sense of connection. So if it's new to you, get ready. It's going to get better. 
And, uh, and I want to encourage you today. Firstly, God welcomes you to the table. He welcomes you to his house. He welcomes you to the kingdom of God. Welcome. And if you're not yet a Christian, welcome. Because God's got a plan for you to be sitting at his, his table and in relationship with him and then relationship with people in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible talks about communion and communing. And when you hear that word commune, it means like to do, to do life together. It means to do life together, to share uh, share, that's a good one for us. We teach our children to share, don't we? But sometimes we need to teach ourselves. <laughs> i got to keep reminding myself, share. And then also part of commune is shared responsibilities. Oh, so God's teaching us, come to the table, but in my house have shared responsibilities. You actually know if you're maturing as a Christian when you understand that Like in a natural family, there's meant to be shared responsibilities. In the kingdom, you are maturing if you understand, I'm meant to be sharing responsibilities. Let me say that again. You will know as a Christian you're maturing when you're understanding, I'm meant to be sharing responsibilities. Sue and I started tithing as teenagers and putting God first, sharing the responsibility of, you know, financing the kingdom of God, and then also sharing in helping serve. We unloaded the dishwasher which means I took the bin out at youth, which was awesome. Youth group happened, I was the bin guy. You know, and, and from there up into taking some responsibility. Here's what happened. It was exciting, it was new, it was fresh. I started to grow up. But I, and that, as an adult actually, but also I started to grow up as a Christian because I was now sharing in the responsibilities of God's house. You know, uh, tables are one of the most important places of human connection. And the Bible talks about the table of Passover in the Old Testament and the table of communion in the New Testament. And in actual fact, the New Testament scholar N.T. Wright, I think he really captured something powerful when he said, when Jesus himself wanted to explain to his disciples what his forthcoming death was all about, he didn't give them a theory. He gave them a meal. Jesus wanted to teach the disciples all about what was happening, his forthcoming death, his rising from the dead, what was happening. He didn't give them a theory. He actually gave them a meal and brought them to a meal. So I think Global Heart Church this year, God wants us to, you know, uh, if you, in a sense, recover, uh, uh, hello, recover from this year, (laughs) but recover, you know, that ability to be able to connect at a table, Especially when we're in such a fast-paced, disconnected world. Um, I think around the world, people are struggling emotionally and mentally like never before. One of the key reasons is the attack on the family and the attack on the church. You attack both of those, you will have this outcome, which we are having. But in this fast-paced world, we're having social media. And I remember in the 80s when they told us, uh, for those of us who go back there, some of you are saying, yes, I was in the crèche then, whatever. (laughs) But uh, they would tell us, you're going to have email, and you'll have this, and then when the computer comes, you have IT, you will have so much more time, because it's all going to do the work for you. No longer would you have to mail a letter. I was thinking, this is going to be amazing. We're just going to have so much more time. Well, guess what? Just took over our lives, didn't it? And now we're just saturated with uh, a fast-paced, tech-saturated life, if you like, and uh, we've ended up with attention deficit disorder in the population. So everybody's distracted, and we're distracted from what is really important. And people are suffering because of that. What's really important? Relationship with God. Come to His table first, 
And then the table that God sets in the local church, the local family. And so we're going to try and recover that in Jesus' name. And I like what somebody said, recover the art of the slow, slow meal. <laughs> um, so the table is meant to nourish us both physically and spiritually. You know, it's meant to nourish you physically and spiritually. And uh, it's significant what we eat, where we eat, and with whom we eat. Significant what we eat, where we eat, and with whom we eat. And so this year we need to think about that and go, Lord, you know, I need to maybe even open my heart to you bringing new people to the table of my life and welcoming people into God's house and into relationship. By the way, when I do that, I need to also match it with example. I got to go, if you're going to invite people into the table of your life and Sue's life and say, come to here and come here, we have to match it with sterling example because people are looking at you as a Christian representing Jesus. So, you know, some people say, yeah, I love all the social thing. And then we, you know, we live like we've got, you know, I don't know, we're just totally worldly. And then our impact on people at the table can be not healthy. So I have to say, Lord, help me to match responsibility with me opening the door and inviting people to the table. You know, life can bring challenges. Sometimes we don't hear that anymore in church. It's all going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Uh, You know, you hear pastors. I, I turn on some of the American pastors. I love them, but my goodness. It's amazing. It's your year. It's this. It's going to be incredible. And I'm like, look, you know. I don't don't know where the rest of the world is, but my life's difficult. And even in the great times, it's challenging. And sometimes I'm like, this is going to, it's past, it's going to be the most amazing and incredible year of your life. I'm like, you know. I find incredible years come with challenges. But here's what else I discovered is that many times God can speak to me most in my pain. Many times it's the most painful situations that God can talk to you. And, uh, and sometimes he'll talk to us even when we don't want to listen. Far better when something painful is going on to say, Lord, help me. I need you to, you know, can I get in on what's happening here? Fill me in, Lord. Give me wisdom. Show me what to do. Give me grace. Thank God for his grace. But, you know, also at times you're carrying pain. And I think people, we get unwell when we carry it alone. Now, that doesn't mean you go out and tell the whole world, here's my blah, my life. <laughs> Some of us are all blah, give everybody everything, and there's hundreds of people involved in our lives. And some of us give it to nobody. But we need to have boundaries and say, okay, Lord, who do I need to wisely share this with? Because we need wisdom, because what we share sometimes can be destructive to other people. And uh, I have to think, okay, what's the wisdom here? But it doesn't mean you don't share, it just means you find the right people. So I think one of the things, too, is when we have a table and we're building a relationship with people, that you can, when you're going through a challenging time, sometimes you don't have to give all the detail. You know, sometimes you don't need to fill everything. Here's all the detail. Sometimes you just need to tell people, I'm going through a hard time. I really need some help right now. And just to be at the table having support and connection, gee, it can bring you through. Gee, it can be helpful. When Sue and I were having so much challenges, having children and ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages, and we were first year of being a pastor, and I'm like, what is going on? And the enemy's trying to work to me to say, look, God doesn't like you, and God hates you, and you, uh. Then I had a couple of key people that would come around for Sue and I with dinner who were Christians who would say, listen, guys, you're going to come through this. No matter what happens, God's with you. And it would just feed our soul and feed our spirit. But the enemy was trying to get me into a corner, go and hide in the corner, Go and just go into, you know, go into one. 
separate yourself off. Can I encourage you? The worst thing you can do is separate yourself. The enemy's like, leave church, leave home group, leave people, go and be alone. It's the worst thing because the enemy works in the head of the loner. The enemy is the wolf trying to take out the sheep. Don't be the sheep he's trying to get, but say, I've got to position myself squarely back in an accountable place. The enemy struggles to get people who are in the middle of everything, in the middle of community. And, uh, and so you've got to say, Lord, help me to lose this right now because the enemy is trying to take me out. And it's never just about you. It's about your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Never just about you, about your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So I've got to stand up for them in Jesus' name. Uh, Psalm 23 verse 5 says, You prepare, Lord, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Wow. So the Bible's saying there, everybody, spiritually speaking, even when you've got people who are who your enemies, God says, even there, I'm preparing a table for you. God will be blessing you and people will be looking on jealous. <laughs> In 2021, God will be doing this. He'll be doing that. And people will look on jealous. They're angry with you. Sometimes when I started to be going for God and going to church and started to put God first in my finances, people were like, they'd be angry with me. But in the middle of it, God was blessing me. Listen, God's going to bless you. And uh, he's prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He will prosper you and take care of you in the midst of challenge and people opposing you. Now, listen, if you go around and, start, if you go around and your job is you feel a, a calling to make enemies... <laughs> Can I encourage you to resign from that job? <laughs> Some of us are like, oh, yeah, I've got, I know what you're talking about. I've got enemies everywhere. Yeah, you know, if you're at the scene of the crime, over and over again, you've got to stop and say, hang on a minute. I'm creating enemies. Maybe I need to be doing some apologies because we can create enemies, right? Sometimes you do nothing. You're just doing everything that's right, and you've got enemies. But I'm talking about when you are creating them, you need to say, hey, I might need to pull back in and say Sorry. You know, in Matthew's account of the Last Supper, once again, we see Jesus sitting with the disciples, having another meal, eating with them. He took the bread, the Bible says, broke the bread, and he said to the disciples, take, eat, this is my body. So Jesus was even using the meal here as an example to tell them, listen, you need to eat of me. Spiritual life comes through eating of me. It doesn't come through uh, literally eating my body and blood. But it's actually eating of me, Jesus is saying, take, take hold of me. I am your life. And, uh, and then, you know, really what Jesus was representing too was the Christian story, which is that we would be blessed, we'd be broken, and then we'd be given to the world. God wants to bless you, and he allows brokenness in Christians, and then he gives you to the world. Hello, how nice. How blessed are we? So the table is called to be a place of blessing and love, I believe. And the table we want to set in connect groups, small group gatherings, houses, getting together, you know, department get-togethers. It really can be a place of blessing and love. And I've got to just honor my wife here because I've just watched my wife uh, and both of us from such dysfunctional families, but Sue from when the boys were babies, she started setting this table of love and blessing. And she used to say to me, I always want the boys to come home to a soft place to land. And uh, my wife has always said, I want the boys to come home. I want our house to be peaceful, have a soft place to land. That they know when they come home, they've got mum and dad and they've got peace and blessing. And so Sue filled our table with blessing and with love. And if you've not come from that background, everybody, welcome to my life. Welcome to many other people's lives. I want to encourage you, don't go back over the past. I didn't have that. 
I can't go there, what my parents didn't do. All I can do is move into the future now and realize that God's going to begin to restore you by bringing you to the table of the Lord as through the house of God. God tricked me in Bible college. I think you heard that story. I was in Bible school, and I wanted to go to the city. I was in the city, so worldly, become a Christian, and then the Bible college is having its practicum, and everybody got sent to the city, and I got sent to the country. <laughs> and I was, I was ringing the dean of the college, ringing the principal. They made a terrible mistake. I don't do the country. I didn't do Maitland, New South Wales. I ended up with a doctor and his wife. They were elders in the church. They got three sons, and I sat at their table every night for two, three weeks. And uh, first three days, I thought I was in hell. <laughs> Never sat at a table. They're all talking about the days, asking a six-year-old, how was your day? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Even this six-year-old talking about his day. And, uh, and, then he, and then he come around the table and he goes to me, Jared, how was your day? Well, I'd never had anybody ask me how my day was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah it was good. And he's like, well, what happened? <laughs> well, I was like, this is all new to me, right? Talking about this and how's your day? Well, <laughs> the end of the three weeks, I'd be there 45 minutes later sharing my day. <laughs> and uh, I can hear him saying, well, Jared, that's been really awesome to hear about your day. <laughs> it's enough, you know. <laughs> I got into this flow. And, uh, but that, that family was used to really bring healing to my life. And also, Sue and I went on to have three boys. And everything he said to his boys, I said to ours. Yeah. So God will use people in our church this year, everybody, to help you in your healing journey. God will use people to help you in your healing journey. So let's make room in our heart. <laughs> let's, make room in, let's make room in the table of our heart. That, Lord, I want to open up to connection. I want to open up to healing possibilities. I want to open up to being in relationship. I like what somebody said too. Food is a love language. Amen. Food is a love language. Come on, there's more foodies than that. I'm going to say it one more time, and all the truth for people. One, two, three. Food is a love language. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And how do we know this? God's into food because did you know this? God gave you 10,000 taste buds. 10,000. And they can't all be used on keto, right? That's a, <laughs> a lot of taste buds don't even come alive on that thing. All righty. So God, I think God gave us 10,000 taste buds because he's trying to say food is not just about the food. There's a whole lot more with it. There's connection. There's relationship. But there's enjoyment when you're, when you're doing it in Jesus' name. The table is a place to remember what God has done and to tell the stories. Everybody, we need to come around the table together and say, look what the Lord has done. Look at the Lord and tell the story of your life. You know, if we went around this church, there's some amazing stories here right now. What God has done in people's lives, incredible. We need to be telling the story. And then, as the Bible says in Psalm 78, I'll just go to verse 4 of Psalm 78. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His, powers, His power and the wonders He has done. The Bible is saying, tell everybody but specifically tell the next generation. Parents, it's your role to tell your children, God's been good to me. Tell your children, we are called as a family. Tell your children, this is where we're going. Declare it over them. Pray over them. I love watching the Jewish people when they have uh, Shabbat uh, from Friday night at sunset to Saturday night, sunset, one hour after sunset, it finishes. 
They don't do anything. They don't even turn on a light. The lights have got to be on before. And they sit with their family. And one of the first things they do is they, uh, the mother is honored. And then they pray over the children. And they tell the story, everybody. We need to be telling the story of God being good to us. Joel 1, tell your children about it in the years to come. Let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. You know, our table doesn't need to be lavish as the worship team comes. We don't need a lavish spread. I think some of the guys in lockdown are going to have their, their tablet <laughs> with their cup of soup. And that's what it's going to be right now. You guys around the world, that's an anointed cup of soup with a tablet, with a Zoom meeting. That's awesome. The power is in the connection. And the power is in realizing that you will come out of that season. We will come out of that season and we'll gather together. And when we gather together, let's understand the Lord is in the midst in Jesus' name. Listen to what my people, the Celts, said. I like this. The Celts called these meals the thin places. <laughs> well, it wasn't the meals I ate anyway, but they called these meals the thin places. I love this. It's where the veil that separates heaven and earth seems exceedingly thin because God is in the midst as we fellowship together around the table. I love that. You know, after... Um, Jesus rose from the dead. Don't know if you know the story. The disciples are at a loss. They're, they're in fear. They're in shock. They went out fishing again in John 21. And then Jesus, risen from the dead, appears on the shore. I love the story. He appears on the, store, uh, on the, on the, sorry, on the beach. They're out not catching anything until Jesus appears. They don't even recognize him because he's now risen from the dead. They can't even, their minds are still, you know, this is terrible. Jesus died. And Jesus got a fire going. I don't know if you remember, but Peter, when he denied Jesus three times, there was the coal fire going as Peter denied him. And then Peter was destroyed from that experience. Jesus has lit a fire. And he says, he, they basically are looking at him and he says, come have breakfast with me. The first thing Jesus says to the disciples, not, hey guys, it's me, I'm alive. <laughs> he says, come and have breakfast with me. And he's got the coal fire going. Already, he's planning Peter's restoration. Peter comes, he, uh, he dives in the water, comes out, and he's like, is it Jesus? They wouldn't even say, is it Jesus? They were too like, what's happening here? And then Jesus says to them, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. He asked Jesus three times, do you love me? Isn't that interesting? Because the last time Peter spoke, he denied Jesus three times. Then Jesus allows the whiff of the coal fire in his nostrils, and he says, do you love me? Three times. And it was all about the restoration of Peter right now because he was going to go out and be the great, one of the great leaders of the New Testament church. But God's start for restoration was, come and have breakfast, John 21. The table is a place where broken sinners find welcome, connection, belonging, and family. It's a place of healing and forgiveness. And for all of us, restoration. This year, I pray that you will let God into the, ta the table of your heart because he wants to do an increasingly great restoration in your life. This is the year of the table, both here in Perth and around the world. The tablet, just for a couple more weeks. But it's the year of the table. Everybody, we invite you to come in. We invite you to get connected. We invite you to be a part of it because, who said it? We, alone, we haven't got it. But together, we've got it. Together, we've got it. 
together we protect our families. Together we protect our future. Together we do something that touches the world. Together all things are possible. So let's stand up for a moment. Let's stand up for a moment. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.